I want to talk about baptism for a minute. Because next week, we're going to have baptisms right there. That screen's going to raise up. We're going to have some, some people baptized. We already have several. I don't know how many yet. I know, and I know at least one or two are children as well, which is very exciting and fun. Um, but I want to talk about, about uh, I want to bring up a few scriptures about Jesus' baptism, but also about what baptism does for us. So don't check out on me. Like if you're saying, well, I've been baptized, so I really don't need to know this. No, absolutely, because I'm going to show you why you need to know this, because you've got to go back. You've got to keep going back, especially when you feel attacked. You've got to keep going back to what you know is true, and going back to your baptismal waters and remembering what happened is a really big deal. It's a touch, it's a touch point. It's a touchstone. You need to remember. Um, if you've never been baptized, or if you're baptized like like I was, I was baptized as a baby, and I was baptized again, immersed, when I was a believer, as an adult. So if you've never been baptized, um, please consider um, next week being baptized. But I'll, let me tell you why else I'm, 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 I'm going to um, share about baptism tonight. Because I believe we're heading into a time where so many people are going to be coming into the kingdom. And if you are leading them into the kingdom, by all means, baptize them. This is coming from an ordained pastor. I'm telling you, there is nothing in the scriptures that say, oh, no, this is for a select person or two to baptize. No, it's not. It's for, it's for believers. Remember, um, anyway, I'm, there's stories, you know, of people that just got baptized in, in the moment in the book of Acts. You know, stop, let's get baptized. I've got a real life one of those stories. David Kim, who's the pastor of this church that we uh, rent from, he um, has been taking teams out this last year or so, going door-to-door in the Dublin area, just sharing about Jesus. So, by the way, if that's your thing, go talk to David, because he would love for you to join them if you just like to go out and talk to people and talk to him about Jesus. Well, guess what's happening? There's a shift. Something's going on. Something is shifting, and suddenly people are hungry, and they're wanting to know Jesus. So just, I believe it was about two weeks ago, because he was so excited when he told me this, that they went to a home, and it was they were Muslim, and the grandmother they were you know they were talking a little bit, and there was some interest, but but nothing you know nothing too big yet. And then the grandmother comes in and says, "Wait a minute, you know you're talking about this man. I, I have had these dreams about this man in white." This is here in Dublin, Muslim family. The grandma says, "I've been having these dreams about this man in white. Tell me about him." And they said, "Absolutely." So they they lead her and the whole family to Jesus. And, and, they, and they baptize them in their own bathtub right there. See, that's the gospel. It's like we don't need to wait. We don't, you don't need to take six months of classes to know what you believe so you can be baptized. No, I'm going to sh- remind you what baptism is about, but I'm also telling you. So if you're in Yosemite and you're hiking with someone who's from Switzerland and suddenly you get in a conversation and they accept Jesus and you're next to a river, baptize them. <laughs> Give them the whole deal. New life in Christ. So we're going to talk about it. I'm, I hope I'm giving you plenty of reasons to listen to me, <laughs> not to turn off. John 1, uh, 29 to 34. Um, I think I'm going to, because of time, I think I'm going to skip over this one right now because I want to get to some other ones. But this is, this is where John the Baptist is saying, he's telling everybody, hey, this is the guy that God told me about. This is the son of God. This is the one, the anointed one, because the dove is resting on him. 
And, um, and interestingly, in that passage, John says, um, in some of your Bibles, it'll say, I didn't, this is the man of, of whom I don't know, which doesn't make any sense because they're cousins. Like, even their moms knew each other, you know? So, again, the word isn't no as in I've never met the guy. It's that I've never experienced him. I didn't experience him as the Messiah. I didn't get the revelation till right now. The Holy Spirit said, this is the one, because I told you the one that you see the dove descended on is, is, going, is the Messiah. This is the one I've been preparing you for. That's what that passage is about, if you want to read it later. But I want to go on to the next one, which is um, Luke um, 3, uh, 21 to 22. This is when Jesus was baptized. It says, uh, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. That right there should tell you something, by the way. Do I need to be baptized? Well, let's see. I believe Jesus is our model in all things. He himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. I'm proud of you, son. Now, this is, this is actually really important um, Yes, others could see the Father's pleasure over him, which is awesome. We we want people to know the Father's pleasure over us. That's part of actually what causes people to want to know him. Like, how come you're so happy? How come you're so favored? Oh, let me tell you about my dad. Because he's actually your dad too. But let me introduce you to him. Uh, So that's important. But I want to say that this this was actually for Jesus. Sometimes we think Jesus didn't need anything, right? He's... He's, he's God in human form. He doesn't need anything. No, remember, he, he came to the earth, and, and he chose to live life fully as a human. He needed the affirmation of the Father. He needed God to say, you're my boy. You're the one I'm proud of. You, good job, son. He needed that. And I'm going to show you in a minute that he came back to it and had to keep remembering that. His life was a difficult one, to say the least, even before the cross. So um, let, me, let me go there right now. I think it's... Yeah, this is in John 10. Um, and uh, you know what? That's going to actually, I'm going back because uh, that's going to confuse you for a minute. Let me just set it up. Um, much of the book of John, we don't realize, even the passages we love, like in, like in uh, John 10 where it says, no one can take you away from the Father. No one can snatch you out of his hands. I and the Father are one. We love those verses. We, we quote them. They're amazing. What we don't remember and don't realize until you read the whole thing again in context is he's, he's actually talking to the Pharisees and the ones that are, that are calling him a liar and calling him of the devil and... And he's, they are not understanding at all who he is. And, and uh, even more than that, they're wanting to kill him. For, and, and this is the very one they've been praying for and waiting for. They just don't see him, right? They don't see who he is. But you have to understand, you know, it, a lot of the context of a lot of these stories, even the truths that we so love, is Jesus trying to share with these ones who don't get it. Because it does say, the scriptures say he came first to save the Jews. That's what it says. He came first for them. And then, of course, through Christ, it was opened up to all. It wasn't just for the Jewish people. But in other words, God was saying to his, his chosen ones, the Jewish people, all the way back from Abraham, I haven't forgotten you. I told you a Messiah was coming. And Jesus is carrying out the Father's wishes and desires that they know. Right Now, many of the first believers were Jews. M- most of the original believers were Jews because that's who Jesus was originally mostly talking to. Um, 
But, but in the midst of this, he's getting, they're so angry at him because he's not the Messiah that, that they thought was coming. So they think he's a fraud. Even in the midst of all the miracles, they're saying, we don't care because uh, there's something about you we don't like. You know, pretty nasty stuff. Uh, and, and, and they want to kill him. And here it is in John 10. It says, once again, they attempted to seize Jesus, but he escaped miraculously from their clutches. Then Jesus went back to the place where John had baptized him at the crossing of the Jordan. I want you to catch this one because this is you're, there are going to be times in life when people are going to come against you and where they're going to, to say the very thing you believe is a lie. You know, this believing in Jesus thing is a lie. There's going to be times when life is just kind of ripping you apart. There's going to be times when you forget who you are and the enemy is going to start accusing you. Right? This happens to all of us. The enemy will come against you and say, who are you? Who do you think you are? You know, and, and make, try to make you believe you're not even saved because, because you've blown it. That's, what, that's the enemy's game. So what, what's our defense? I mean, the, our defense is our identity. Our defense is going back and saying, God, who do you say that I am? And this is where Jesus goes back to his baptism. He's been torn apart by the very people he came to save. The ones that are now calling him a demon and calling him, you know, of, of the devil and, and uh, wanting to kill him. What does he do? He goes back to his baptismal waters. Why? Because he had to remember again, Papa, I know what I believe is right, but tell me again. I'm going back to the, that memory. You, you told me, you said, I'm your son, and I'm so pleased with you. And he remembered his baptismal waters where... where you know, the, the, the dead, the old is gone, the new is come. We're going to talk about all that in a minute. But he had to go back. And I, this is why I want to say to you, it's so important. Baptism isn't just a good idea. It isn't just a cool thing to do. And it doesn't matter if you do or if you don't. I, also, I do want to say this, because I believe this is um, a misperception, that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. There would be people that would say that. I would say, no, that's not true. But you're also not nearly encountering all that the Lord intended. There's something extremely significant, extremely spiritual. It's, a, a, it's not just a prophetic act. It is. But it's so much more than that. There's things going on in the spirit realm that you couldn't even imagine while this is happening. So I want, I want to show you some of this in Scripture. Uh, there we go. One more. Okay. So um, baptism is a complete identification with Christ, that you are one with him. This is what baptism is agreeing. In other words, at some point, you are making a decision. I, I was living my own life, but you know what, Jesus? I'm yours now. I am one with you. This is my destiny. This is my future. This is my only reality from this point on. I am one with you. Now, in Colossians, I'm going to read it in of all these different versions, but I'm going to read it in this one. Um, so Colossians 2, this is such a great passage. Verses 11 through 15. It says, Through our union with Christ, we have experienced circumcision of heart. Well, that's an interesting phrase. So something's been cut out of your heart. All of the guilt and the power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct. 
Well, that's awesome. And it wasn't because of something good that we have done, but because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. For we have been buried with him, immersed, baptized into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. This is the gospel. I mean, this is the gospel right here. This is the good news. This is what sends Levi to Turkey to say, you guys got to get this. You know, he, he didn't just die to make us good people or better people. He died to completely transform us and take every last bit of anything that would have separated us from the Father, nail it to the cross. And this scripture and the one we may read in a minute in Romans 6 says that we completely died with Christ. In other words, we're so one with him. That's where we're getting back to being one with him. That everything that happened to him happened to us. And you might be thinking, how is that possible? I wasn't there. Well, guess what? Somehow, in God's miraculous way, who, this God who's not bound to time, he says, the moment you enter into what Jesus has done for you and become one with him, instantly, miraculously, everything that happened to him happened to you. You were there with him. That's what, it, that's what the word says over and over again. I know, I know intellectually that doesn't make sense. Well, this isn't about the intellect. This is about the spirit. And everything in the spirit realm is... is it's pretty darn special. It's, it's not something you're going to always wrap your mind around. But God says, when you say yes to Jesus, and this is the reason for baptism, because you're going down in the water, and God says, this is the act that says you died with him. You went in that tomb with him, as well as all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all anything you've done that could ever separate you from God. It's gone. It's dead. It's buried. You come out resurrected. You're with Christ. Paul even says that in Ephesians 2. He says, you have been raised with Christ, who you're now seated with. Christ is seated with the Father. You're seated with Christ. Not someday, but right now. I mean, that's mind-blowing. But it's true. And, and as I told you before, the enemy is going to keep trying to wear you down. So will people sometimes. But the enemy is going to keep trying to wear you down to say, oh, it's not really true. No, you're really still dead. You're really still kind of sunk you know, into your sins. You're still a loser. You're still this, that. This is where you have to go back to your baptismal waters and say, no, 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 no. This is what's true. I was one way. I went into the water. I died that death with Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone. I am raised with Christ. This is my truth. This is my truth. This is it. And it's true for you, and it's going to be true. I'm just going to prophesy over you right now. For the hundreds that each one of you is going to bring into the kingdom. I don't even know how you're going to do it, but those are the times we're heading into. Even you talked about Turkey being, you know, what, you know, 1%, 2%, maybe non-Muslim and however many Christians, I don't know. But even in this valley, you know, there's only 5 to 10% in the East Bay, in the San Francisco Bay, probably more like 5% that I would say are, are actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus. It's pretty darn small. That's going to change. And that's going to change quickly 
That means, that means there's a whole lot of people for us to go love and tell Jesus about and, and, and baptize them. <laughs> I'm putting a picture in your mind because I'm telling you many of you in this room are going to be faced with this in a shorter time than you think. And you're going to lead someone to Jesus and there's going to be a pool right there or there's going to be a... Uh, let me share one more story. So we were in a, we were in a home group a couple years ago and, and uh, there was a woman there who... Uh, we were sharing about, you know, Jesus, and, and she, she grew up a believer, you know, she grew up going to church, but all of a sudden the things we were sharing made her feel so alive, and she says, I think I'm being born again, again, like this, I've never known Jesus like this, this guy you're talking about, and then she said, can I get baptized right now, because we had a pool outside, what you don't know, it was like February, and the pool was not heated, and so I said, yes, we'll do that. <laughs> and we did. We went out there. And I love this story because, because, because when we went out there and baptized her, her story is, is that she didn't feel cold at all. She felt the warmth of the Lord all over her and could even see, was it Jesus or the angels? Trying to, I think it was Jesus. She saw, she came out of the water seeing Jesus. I'm putting, I'm putting pictures in your head because this, this absolutely could be you that's leading someone to Jesus and baptizing them. I'm giving you permission. I'm, I'm ordaining all y'all. Because actually it's in the scriptures, okay? It's Matthew 28. You know, go and baptize. Tell all people. Go. It's right there. You know, as the Father has, 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 has given me authority, I'm giving it to you, Jesus said. So I'm just, I'm just the messenger, but Jesus is the one who said it, right? So I'm giving you this picture because I know some of you are thinking about this like, hmm, never quite kind of thought of it, about it this way before. Always just thought we brought him to church. No, you are that church. You, you are Jesus to these people. Because <laughs> if we have to get them all inside of a building first, then we might be waiting a while. But you, when you're out where they are and they see Jesus in you and suddenly they're interested in a way they weren't before, you've got to be ready. Just, just tell stories, by the way. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to talk people. Don't try to argue people into the kingdom. That doesn't work. Did you hear what Levi was saying? It's relationship. You just go be where they are, and you honor them. I love what you said, where you said, you know, we, 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 he, you weren't going to people and saying, no, you're doing it wrong. You know, you've wasted half your life. No. You say, wow, I love that you're so hungry for God. Can I really introduce you to this living father and his son who loves you and has died for you? See what I mean? You're just filling in the blank. It's like Paul saying, you know, you've been worshiping the unknown God. Let me tell you about this unknown God you're worshiping. He didn't try to change your theology. He says, let me tell you who you're really looking for. And that's what you're going to do. This is, this is the times we're living in. It's, are you all ready for this? Because it's coming. So please don't think you're disqualified. Just letting that one sink in. I don't care what reasons you would have to think you're disqualified. You are pre-qualified by Christ to represent him. He has no other plan. We're his plan. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Nothing more, nothing less. Can you just say that? Christ in me... The hope of glory. Nothing more, nothing less. 
We're going to say that one more time. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Nothing more, nothing less. You see, that is the truth. It's just Christ in you. So if you ever want to disqualify yourself, you can't disqualify him. <laughs> and he already, he already made his home in you. He says, no, you're my choice. So this is why you're going to represent him well. And check this out. Immersion, because you're being immersed when you're baptized. Into the reality of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that which is immersed takes on the qualities of the substance into which it is immersed. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a word, I can't remember now, the word etymology. There's, there's a, 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 about being pickled. Like one of the words in Greek actually means to be pickled. You know what I mean? Like, so you're, you're just drenching this thing until, until it's changing and until it just smells like a pickle and tastes like a pickle. Because, in other words, like Jesus, like you're so immersed in him and in the spirit and in the Father's love that more and more it's just who you are. It's just who you become. All right, let's look at a few more because these are so good. So baptism is an agreement that your old life ruled by an evil master called sin is over and done with for good. You have a new master, Jesus, who is good and grants you his freedom instead. Romans 6, 2 to 6. I might, I might skip this one too, but, but it's so good. Let me give you the gist of it, which is sin is not your master anymore. Ever. Ever. Just, just hear me for a minute. I don't care what it is you've, you've been struggling with in whatever ways you feel like you're less than or you've been disappointing God. Sin is not your master, meaning it cannot tell you what to do because you actually did die with Christ. See, the lie, the lie, the only thing the enemy has, the only thing he has is deception. In other words, you're already free. Christ has already set you free from the, from the law, from sin, from death. He's already set you free. So the only thing the enemy can do is try to convince you otherwise. And so if you believe that sin has a grip on you, all of a sudden sin becomes this big bad monster that's got really big teeth and you can't get away and there's nothing you can do and bummer for you. That's not true. That's not true. So you need to go back to the truth. Sin can't tell me what to do because I already died to that. I'm telling you there's more power. You might think that's just a mind game. It's not. Agreeing with truth is not just a a feel-good club. It's actually what sets you free. The truth is actually what sets you free. And the more you agree that sin isn't your master anymore, Jesus is, and you understand that, that thing that seemed like it had power over you starts to fade away. And and instead of of looking at, at, at not sinning as your goal, you're looking at the beauty of Jesus and what he says about you, and it changes the whole game. And that's also how shame starts going away and guilt and the things that the, the, the enemy is trying to do to tear you down. When you're looking at, am I good enough? Have I, did I stay away from enough sin yet today? That is a losing game. It will always end up in shame. When you look this way and you say, Jesus, who am I? Father, tell me again. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm the one you love. Tell me again who I am. This is what sets you free. This is what causes you to live more and more and more in the freedom and the truth of what Jesus paid for you. Let's look at another one. Baptism is agreement that as his favorite child, you can jump into your papa's arms anytime you want to without fear. Check this one out. This is 
Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism, there you go, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. All of you are children of God through your faith in Christ. And you, as you're united with Christ, you're putting on him like new clothes. But that's all. That's tying in your, your uh, you know, sonship, daughtership, along with baptism as well. Let's look at one more. Baptism is an entrance into a life ruled by the Spirit of God where anything is possible. An entrance into a life ruled by the Spirit of God where anything is possible. This is what you're entering into by baptism. Check this out. This is in... In Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me read this to you. One second. This is from Acts 19. You have to realize now, Jesus has already, he's, he's died. He's been raised from the dead. Uh, you know, raised from the dead. He's in heaven again. His followers are now going around. The book of Acts is all about the, the uh, exploits of, of uh, the disciples and um, how they were changing as, uh, the culture around them, much, much of it in the Middle East. Chapter 19, it says, It happened that while uh, Apollos was in Corinth, that Paul made his way overland as far as Ephesus, which, by the way, is Turkey where he found a number of disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they answered, no, we weren't even, even told there was such a thing as a Holy Spirit. What's a Holy Spirit is what they're saying. What the heck? He asked, then how were you baptized? And they replied, with John's baptism. And Paul said, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, meaning turn for the one who's coming. Right, But he insisted that the people should believe in the one who was to come after him, namely Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what happened? And the moment Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came down on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. There were 12 of these men in all. The power of the Holy Spirit is part of the package deal. I'm not saying that everybody who's gone into the baptismal waters um, necessarily experiences something dramatic in that moment, but I have seen many who have. Um, it, some Holy Spirit just comes in a new way. And so, um, but, but regardless, because some of you have been baptized and maybe you've never really experienced the Holy Spirit like that. I'm saying this is part of the deal. This is part of the of the Christian life. It's, it's not only believing in Jesus, that he died for you, that he's the son of God. It is that. But, but Papa says to us, yeah, but I, we got a whole world that we're going to go love on and save, and you need Holy Spirit in you, not just as a nice guy, <laughs> which he is, but as the power that you need 
to reach out, to see miracles, to see, to, to speak things into people's lives you could not know, all kinds of fun things. And, and at Blazing Fire, we do a lot of that. We teach a lot of these classes. So if this is all new to you, um, come to that new members class next, next Saturday at 3, and we'll teach you a little bit. But along the way, we're going to teach you more and more because we are, we are very much, uh, you don't hear us say this very much, but we know that we are very much of an apostolic resource center for the East Bay and beyond, meaning we're going to keep going after God and experience his presence, yes, but we're also going to teach people and teach people and show people what is theirs in Christ and, and, and uh, what they have as far as power in the Holy Spirit because a lot of people just don't know about it. Just like this story. What? I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Heard about it, but that's about it, right? So, here's my question to you. Hey, you want to be baptized? (laughs) I hope by now I've (laughs) given you just a few reasons why that might be such a great idea. Um, That's Karina again, and and that's that's her email. And... um, because we need, we, it would just be a really good idea. Whenever we've done baptisms, I won't say whenever, but there have been a couple times where people in the moment said, dang it, I'm getting baptized, and they just go in with, the, with their clothes on, and it's just the way it is. You know, you take your wallet out of your pocket and call it good. However, <laughs> however, um, it'd be great if we knew you were coming because um, we can give you a little bit of instructions. You'll be bringing a bathing suit and, you know, a T-shirt, a loose-fitting T-shirt and all that kind of stuff, and we'll... This is going to happen next week. Uh, we're going to worship some. We're going to share just a little bit. We're going to hear a couple of Jesus stories. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a teaser. Is Candy, Candy, where are you? Is she still here? Oh, she might even be over with the children. I don't know. Anyway, Candy was here. But, but Candy, I don't know how many of you know this. If you know who Candy is, she's here all the time, just somewhere right about there most weeks. Um, but she came up to me after I showed the videos a couple of weeks ago of... of um, Oh, gosh, Chuck Smith and the Calvary Chapel. Remember the old films of the people in the 70s getting baptized in the ocean, if you were here a few weeks ago? And Candy came up to me afterwards and said, I was there. I was looking for myself in those videos. She actually was saved at Calvary Chapel, got baptized in the ocean. Everything you saw, she was there. So I said, you've got to share this. So she's going to share her testimony next week. And we'll hear a couple of, a couple other Jesus stories as well, just how Jesus has impacted a few of you. And then we're going we're gonna to enjoy some baptisms. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be really powerful. All right, I want to end with this. So let us know, okay? Let us know. Either talk to me or Karina or Russ or Suzanne or Todd, one of the elders, um, or uh, write to us and let us know you want to be baptized next week. So I want to end with this one. This is um, Jesus was baptized. Um, he went out. He was led out in the desert by the Spirit. Let me talk about that one for a minute. I'm going to share this scripture in a second. But let me just talk about this. Jesus gets baptized. And you might be thinking, well, if I get baptized, that means nothing bad should ever happen to me. I should never have any struggles. Hmm. Okay. God is working deep, deep things into us, uh, dealing with heart issues and, and, and helping our heart to grow up and get get. Just be more and more like Jesus all through, through the struggles. But let me just tell you this, that uh, the, the testing, if you will, of Jesus going into the desert, the enemy, the enemy was mostly testing his identity. If you are the son of God, do this, prove yourself. 
But this is what I want to tell you about any, sometimes some of us go through times and we wonder, gosh, am I going through a testing period? And I, and, and it's actually biblical. Like there, there are times where God will do that, but let me explain why. Because if you think he's up there going, well, I'm not sure about this guy. So let me put him through a test and I'll see if I give him, you know, is it a C plus? Is it, you know, does he pass? Does she pass? No, no, no. That's not the kind of test we're talking about. This is, God knows everything about you. He knows exactly where you are in your journey. He knows everything about your heart. He is not doing it for him. He is doing it for you. And he's not doing it to make you feel, to make you feel like you aren't measuring up. It's just the opposite. He's actually showing you what's in your heart. It's, it's exactly what happened when, when Peter denied Jesus. And then Jesus was on the shore later after his, um, after he ascended from the, the yeah. When he ascended, before he raised to the, to, to the heavens, he was there meeting with his disciples. But when he, re, when he reinstated Peter and let him say three times, I love you. You know, Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you, Lord. That wasn't a, Jesus knew what was in Peter's heart. That wasn't a test. Jesus wasn't testing him and saying, well, do you love me? Do you? Do you? <laughs> that wasn't the deal. <laughs> right? Isn't that the Jesus you know? Well, do you? He, Peter felt like a failure. Peter said, God, you can't use you anymore. He, Peter was feeling disqualified. I don't know if any of you ever feel that. Jesus, three times, since Peter denied him three times, Jesus says, Peter, I need you to hear three times out loud. You hear yourself saying, I love you. I love you. See, it was for Peter, not for Jesus. And then Peter says, I know you do. Now go take care of my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Let's go. We got some people to love. You are not disqualified. So I'm telling you, in the testing, it's so that you know where your heart is. And because God's telling you, you're a lot further along than you think you are. And you need to actually see the condition of your heart. And out of that place in the desert, Jesus comes back. And this is where he kind of announces his mission, which is our mission. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor. We're always to proclaim good news to people. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Luke 4, 18 and 19. That's your mission as well. This is your mission. This is it. We get to proclaim good news. We get to set captives free. We have exceptionally good news to share. I want to pray over you, and then I'm going to actually ask the, as many of the prayer team as possible to come up here, because I, I want us to I want us to uh, actually live out what's here right now. Whew. Wow! Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're so we're so grateful. We're so. Um, enamored by you, taken by you, this, this lion that leaps over mountains to get to us, that there's nothing that's going to stop your love from reaching us and from reaching those in this Bay Area, in the Middle East, and in every corner of the earth. Jesus, your love is reaching out. Your passion is reaching out, and you're not going to be denied. Father, you sent your son Jesus to proclaim to the earth, this is what I look like. I'm this good. And Jesus, you lived it out perfectly. And then that wasn't enough, Lord. You gave us Holy Spirit as a gift to live inside of us. 
not just as a counselor and a comforter, which he is, thank you, Holy Spirit, but also to live out the power, the miracles, the good news of the gospel, to set the captives free. So, Lord, thank you. And thank you that um, you used things like, like, like the Last Supper, like, uh, like communion. You used things like baptism that have incredible significance, prophetic sim- symbolic sim- significance, but they are so much more. Lord, open our eyes to see the truth of the Spirit, what is actually happening. And I pray, God, right now for every person in this room, for encounters that they are going to have with people in their workplace, in the schools, in the stores, out in the parks, wherever it is. Lord, we're going to have encounters with people. And God, you're going to start showing us things. We're going to know something about somebody that we couldn't have known. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to see people get healed. And we're going to tell them This is the Father you've been waiting to know. This is the Jesus that saved you. He wants you. He loves you. Do you want in? God, thank you. We're we're heading into a huge harvest. A huge harvest. A huge harvest. You said, Jesus, you said, don't tell me four more months. And then the harvest. The fields are white. They're ripe. They're ready right now. So God, give us eyes to see. Let us keep experiencing more and more and more of your love and your passion. Wow, so that what comes out of us is just a flow. It's a flow. It's a flow. (laughs) You said, Jesus, if we would believe in you, that streams of living water would come gushing out of our bellies, of our inner being. That's the flow. (laughs) So, Jesus, we fix our gaze on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We fix our gaze on those, on those burning eyes, those blazing eyes of fire, of passion, of love for us. And we say, Jesus, thank you. We, we receive it. We believe it. That we're, we're, we're actually more and more like you than we even know. Because you've been doing everything you said you would do in us. And Lord, we're saying we're, we're ready. We're here. God, here, here I am, send me. Just tell him that. Lord, here I am, send me. Send me, God. I will go. I will go talk to people. I will go love people. I will reach out my hand and pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you.